and welcome to A Problem Squared, the podcast equivalent of a train if the solution to your problem is the destination. We're not always on time, sometimes there are delays due to planned engineering works, <laughs> and we don't always stay on track. But despite our occasional derailments, we're still a lot safer than flying. Uh, one of your hosts is comedian and mathematician Matt Parker, who is a bit like a Shinkansen bullet train Ooh. in that he is long. <laughs> yes. I mean, tall. <laughs> when you're lying that's down. That's the, the better way to phrase that. Efficient. <laughs> mm. And driven by alternating magnets. That is true. That is, yeah. that is spot on. And I am your other host, comedian and presenter, Beck Hill. And I'm a bit like a steam engine in that I am adorable but slow, and a little loco. Oh, I thought you were saying you produce vast quantities of heated gases. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't call. I guess. I guess my farts are somewhat steamy. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I produce a lot of, of uh, carbon emissions. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. 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 That's, uh... Uh, yep. That's the intro. What do you reckon? At full steam ahead. In this episode. I've calculated the power of a fart. Yeah, that's that's apt. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to pick a pocket or two. Oh, wow. And if you like your business, any other, get ready. Because we're going to pull into the (laughs) stations. Yeah. Soon. Any other business class. Tickets, please. Take your tickets. Matt, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Excellent. I lied. Oh. (laughs) What a twist. (laughs) Not then. I am good. Uh, I was going to say, you would make a terrible filmmaker. Like, and like Shyamalan. Just immediately starts and then just goes. Oh, by the way, everyone's dead. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) It doesn't look like it, (laughs) but they are. Um, no, I think you were just saying on a, you were listening back to a previous episode where I said by the time it comes out, I will have handed in the second draft to my book. Yeah, and I have not. No, and I laughed when I heard you <laughs> yes. saying it. And you were so correct. I was like, "Oh, Matt, you correct fool!" To laugh, I, it's like in the final throws. So I'm very excited. But I still went to the Mass Jam conference. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That yes. was on last weekend. So anyone who goes to Mass Jam can nominate to do a five minute talk, mm-hmm. and then we select. The, the top N offers and, you know, bearing in mind like a mix of different topics and everything like that. And the topic, people can talk about anything they think would be interesting to someone who's into maths. Mm-hmm. So we have, you know, talks about textiles and crafts. We have talks about programming. We have talks about very abstract mathematics. We have talks about engineering, baking, you name it. Love it. It, it, it. Such a great range of topics, but all very nerdy. And my favorite one was given by someone called Ben Ashford who's done some great talks and bits in, in the past. Yes. And he realized that in Europe, like mainland Europe, not the UK, you get streets named after days of the week. So you get like 22nd of December Street or like what? 4th of November Street or something like that. Yeah. Where? Uh, Europe. I mean, I've just... I, I, you were there. I was just yeah. in Europe. I don't recall seeing any streets so, named Well, apparently after. it's way more prevalent. And his theory was... In a lot of countries, if you write an address, you put the house number at the end. Yeah. So it'd be confusing to live at number 20, 22 December Street, because you've got two mm. numbers, one after the other. Whereas in Europe, it'd be like 22nd of December Street, house number 20. Yeah. And th- that works. I, I find that that way of writing things, although it seems 
counterintuitive because of the way that we were brought up. Yep. I find it a bit like, and I'm going to say it, I think I've mentioned this before. I think the American way of doing the date makes more sense. Move. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, because I know how you feel about it with little bigger biggest. Yes. But my reasoning is like, actually, when it comes to say, if it's like, I'll see you on the 20th, it's assuming the context of this month. Yes. So like, if you write 20 as like the first number. It's like, but of what? Like, I like to have the context first. You want to have the then, month first. And yeah. then you want the day within the month. Yeah. Because for me, that Oof. that's Oof. better okay. for my oh, the wow. way I store that's information. That's a lot. I can take a moment to process that. And I think the <laughs> this works the same with the street. I don't like how it looks. Yeah. But I think it makes more sense to for a post. If I was delivering mail, I want to know where the, I want to know the street. It doesn't matter what the yeah. number is. That you want the street first. Without the context of the street, the number makes zero sense. But I like the fact that it's in order because you go from, I the, know. you zoom out. you got the yeah. position on the street and then you've got which street and then which town and then which kind of blah, blah, blah. Yeah. No, I agree. But uh, realistically, You're right. okay. you don't know what's coming next. Well, that's the way it works in Europe. Yeah. So, you'd be very pleased. I would be pleased. But they do dates the not American way. So yes. I don't know. True. I don't know if there's anywhere in the world. That puts their house numbers after the street name, but puts their mm. month before. You'd think it would be both because it's the same idea. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Tell us, listeners. Well, Ben got curious about this. Apparently, there's like one or two streets in the UK which are named after a specific day of the year, like a calendar day, not like just Christmas. like December Street. Yeah. But like, you know. 5th of June or whatever. All oh, right. It was like the day the town was founded or something like that. But right. there's just this culture of doing that. And he was like, I wonder if they all exist. Oh, all the dates. Yeah, all the dates. Of course. All 366 dates, right? Yep. And so he downloaded, he tried looking on Google, but that got a bit tedious. So he mm-hmm. found different data sets, like open maps and stuff he could download. Yeah. And wrote a bunch of code to then find... And check and off numbers. every single... Oh, yeah. He had to do it a bunch of different ways. It wasn't a straightforward process. Does he include the when the month is in a different language? Yes. Wow. Yeah. So, th- there's one... Like, they're all different languages, but there's one street of each day. Yeah. So, you could visit all of them and take a photo to make a calendar because you'd have an exact one for every single day. Mm. And so, then Ben thought, how far would that be to visit? <laughs> so, he wrote some more code to work out an optimal path to visit them all, it would take seven weeks. So he took That's two months bad. off work. No. <laughs> yes. And he visited. He visited every single day of the calendar, a street named after it. That's awesome. It's incredible. So Ben won Mass Jam. That's very cool. So that's how I've been. Speaking of Europe, how have you been? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a link. So uh, we call that a Eurostar in the business. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I mentioned this in a previous episode, but I was co-hosting Comic Con in Brussels with Matt Hyten, the other Matt. The other in my Matt. Life. One of your many Matts. <laughs> One of my well, the two main Matts. <laughs> the two main Matts. Two main Matts. Oh, so we got to Brussels on the third of November. My birthday is on the fourth of November. Yes. My, I was meeting up with my friend Sam. He's actually a sound engineer on oh. several. Po- he does like Office Ladies and Comedy Bang oh, Bang nice. and all Conan all and all those ones. Big podcasts. All the big podcasts. And uh, But it was his first time overseas. Oh. Yeah. First time overseas out, outside the States. And so he was like, I'm going to do a European trip. And he's a massive nerd. So he was like, I'm going to come to Comic-Con in Brussels. And I was like, awesome. I'll be there. So I went to go meet up with him. 
And I'd said to him, I'd made it very, I said, right, uh, it's your first time overseas. Uh, Brussels, this particular area, very big with pickpockets. Right. Lots of thieves in this area. Yep. So watch all your stuff. Keep an eye on your stuff. Because yep. you're thinking as a seasoned traveler. As a seasoned traveler. You've got to give I'm, advice to people who have not traveled overseas before. Yeah. And this is like my 10th time in Brussels. Yeah, like, you're an old hand. Yeah. So we, we catch up at the pub and then we're walking back to my hotel and I take out my phone to check the directions, put it back in my pocket and then a couple of blocks away, go to check my phone again, realize it's not in my pocket. Wow. Yeah. That's and amazing. Annoyingly, I'd f- someone had bumped into me while they were walking. And I remember thinking that was a, they definitely didn't need, like, there was yeah, space. Yeah, yeah, there was space to not bump into me. Yeah. But at the same time, I was like, oh, maybe they're drunk or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I, I was like, oh, and oh, also I was mid-conversation. I didn't want to, like, suddenly stop and be like, hey, buddy, what's hey, your problem? you got a problem? And yeah. then I suddenly was like, and I just turned to Sam and I was like... I've been pickpocketed. <laughs> and I, of course, on my, my phone, because I'm one, I'm a nerd, I get those cases that's like a wallet. So oh, yes, it had my card and everything in it. Oh, back. My hotel key card, everything. So I got back to the hotel. Matt Hyten was like, where, where were you? He's like, I've been texting you. I knew you were meeting up with a friend. And uh, then I heard nothing. And then I heard nothing. I was like, have you been yeah. murdered? Like, what's going on? I was like, my phone got stolen. He was like, oh, no. And of course, this all happened. So on the day of my birthday, we interviewed Jean Claude Van Damme. Oh yeah, and I don't have any you photos. You can't get a selfie. You got I nothing. Can't post about it. I just yeah. I was at home going, man. Beck's been quiet. Like I messaged you on the Monday. Oh yeah. Nothing. So this is the other thing. <laughs> I was like, huh. Tried to ring you on the Tuesday. Nothing. I'm like, that's unusual. Very unusual for yeah. me. Yeah. Well, so on the Friday. When I got the train from Amsterdam to Brussels, yep. I thought, well, it's going to be a very busy weekend. I don't want to spend my weekend doing admin, you no. know, in my spare time. No, get that done early. I, and I knew I had to finish the design for the Christmas card <gasps> the for problem, our Patreon supporters. Christmas card, yes. So I did it on the train on my phone because it had like a stylus and everything yep. and I use it for drawing. And so I did the design on my phone and I sent it to you. Thank goodness you sent it to me. I know normally I'd be like, oh, send it later. Yep. I was like, no, send it now. Yep. And then um, mere hours later had it stolen. Gone. And I remember thinking, thank goodness I at least did that. Yeah, because I got the design. I'm like, oh, Becky's on it. And then I sent it back to you like the final version of the card for you to sign off on and heard nothing. Yeah. And I was like, weird. <laughs> Rang, nothing. And then eventually got a message from Gav <laughs> saying your phone was gone. Yeah. Well, I mean- the annoyance of one stranger and the kindness of many more. Yes. It's a net gain of kindness. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Much bigger gain of kindness. This first problem is for Matt and it's from James and Annabelle, James's daughter, who's nine. He's nine. And good square number, Annabelle. Yeah. Good work. And they would like to know how low... Would gravity need to be for your farts to lift you off the ground? <laughs> it's a good question. Yeah. On this podcast, I do a lot of maths and you do a lot of fart jokes. <laughs> and farts. <laughs> and farts. Yeah. And so I thought, hey, you know what? I'm going to give it a go. In the interest of... What, a know, fart? Not a fart. So some fart mathematics. Some mathematics. Math- yeah, no, we'll, we'll workshop that. We'll, we'll work on that later. So I thought, you know what? I'll give this a go. Yeah. Even though it's going to be complicated, it's probably going to involve biology and chemistry and physics. 
But I'll see if I can simplify it down to just some maths to work this out. Yeah. So, the, the problem is this. If you fart, that exerts a force. Mm-hmm. And in theory, enough force could lift you off the ground. Yeah. Propulsion. It's a bit like if you've got a balloon. Yes. And you let go of the balloon. Mm-hmm. And it flies all the way around the room. Yeah. So, or a jetpack. Or a jetpack. Or something like that. Yes. Now, the problem is... The fluid dynamics of how that works is very complicated. Okay. And so I thought, you know what? I don't want to get right into all the nitty gritty of like gases moving and the forces involved. Mm-hmm. I thought I'd just try and simplify it down to if you, when you fart, you have to accelerate some gas. Yes. Because there's gas in you that's not moving. Mm-hmm. And after your fart, it's just moving quite quickly. Yeah. And I thought I'd look up how fast a fart is. Yeah. Now, we've done how fast is the speed of smell. That's right. Yeah. This is a subtly different question. This is the gas molecules. When you fart them out, how fast are they going? I feel like that's dependent. It is dependent. Yeah. And someone claims to have done the research online and they say between 7 and 10 meters per second, which is 25 to 36 kilometers an hour. Yeah. Which is believable. Yeah. I think so. I think if it's the sort of fart that's like a boop. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So I'm not one of go those slow, long ones. A slow, long one, we're back into the world of fluid dynamics. Well, I'll tell you that. <laughs> exactly. If they're mine. Well, you know, don't trust them. So what I don't want is an ongoing jet of gas. You want a quick. I want a. <laughs> yep, done. Yep. One and done. Yeah. Right? And then I want to work out how much it took to accelerate the gas up to speed. Mm-hmm. And is that enough to lift you off the ground? Yeah, I've seen that on enough TV shows. I think that's a real thing. I'm pretty sure. But then I got into the chemical composition of farts because then I was like, well, how heavy is a fart? Oh. Well, it depends the volume of the fart mm-hmm. and the chemical composition the, of the, the fart. As in the loudness? As <laughs> in the loudness. Yes. <laughs> so, so, so now there's more research, apparently. Farts, they vary. Everything varies dramatically, as you can imagine, mm. particularly involving digestion. On the order of 100 milliliters. Seems to be an average fart volume. Okay. A tenth of a litre. A quarter of the gases are just air that yeah. you've inhaled. Only a quarter. Only a quarter. Yeah. That so you've inhaled you, and it's gone into your tummy. Yeah. When you eat and chew and do all these things, yeah, you're yeah. constantly... Bits of air always sneaking along for the ride. The ones that don't come out as burps. Some come out as burps. Mm. Some gets passed through the whole digestive system. Mm-hmm. So apparently at the end, 25% of your fart is just air. That's like, at last. Yep. Done. And then the other three quarters are byproducts from digestion. And that varies dramatically person mm. to person. There's hydrogen in there. There's methane in there. There's things that don't smell great in there. Like, But the, the things that don't smell great are actually quite small as a percentage. Right, yeah. So I was like, well, if I want to work out the mass of a fart, the heavier the fart, the more it's going to push you off the ground. Okay. So I just decided to assume it's all heavier gases. In fact, I thought it would be, I assumed it would be all air because it's a quarter air and the rest is stuff that's generally lighter than air. Right. So I'm going to say, you know what, let's just for ease of calculation say it's all air. And that means that your average fart weighs 0.1 grams, which is not much. Yeah. And you accelerate it up to a speed of 7 to 10 meters per second. Mm-hmm. Over what kind of time interval do you reckon? What's the stationary air to moving air 
Oh, as in the length of a fart? Yeah. Like a half a second? Half a second? I'm going to put... Because i got a spreadsheet here. I can put all my assumptions in. So let's say you go from not moving to moving in half a second. Okay. That means you've got an acceleration, an average acceleration. So I average 7 and 10 meters per second final speed Mm -hmm. of 17 meters per second per second. 17 meters per second per second. second. So every second the velocity of something goes up by 17 meters per second okay once a second right so acceleration confusingly because speed is meters per second uh-huh. but the rate at which that's changing every second is meters per second per second got it and that's what gravity is measured in gravity acceleration is always meters per second per second or it's always length per time per time okay new units right so What's our current gravity as a measurement? 9.81 meters per second per second. Huh. That's the acceleration due to gravity. So can you explain that, what that means? Yep. So if you were standing, let's say you're going parachuting. Mm -hmm. So you're going to land perfectly safe. This is not dangerous. Mm -hmm. You jump off a high object. Initially, when you step off a high object, you weren't falling at all. To start with, your, your, your acceleration down was zero. You were yep. going down zero meters every second because you weren't mm-hmm. moving yet. Mm-hmm. One second later, you're going to be moving quite quickly. Okay. In fact, a second later, you're going to be moving 9.8 meters per second. That's going to be your speed. Okay. But you will keep getting faster and faster. Another second later, actually, no, let's round it. Let's say it's 10 meters per second. Just for, yeah. It's, it's 9.81, but it does vary a bit, but it's easier to say 10 seconds. So after a second... You'll be falling at a rate of 10 meters every second. Yeah. So if I'm very high in the air, yep. one second later, I'm 10 meters lower than I was before. No, one second later, you're moving 10 meters every second. But it's been, oh, so I've got to wait a second. But yeah, but but the thing is, that's your instantaneous speed, but it took you a while to get that fast. So you won't have actually done a full 10 meters yet because for most got of it. that second, you were still speeding up to 10 meters per second. So after one second, I've yep. fallen... A some amount. Some amount of distance, yeah. Yep, yep. Less than 10 meters. Yeah. But as of that second, between that and the, and the next second, yep. I've fallen 10 extra meters. Yep. But you would have gotten faster during that time. And so the second after that, it's 20 meters Well, by then you Well, by then you've, you're going faster again. By then you're going 20 meters a second because you're still accelerating. This measurement is dumb. It's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Why do we... This makes zero sense. This is why calculus was invented. Because you're constantly changing the rate at which you're changing your position. And it's silly. This is why I prefer terminal velocity. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Terminal velocity. Then you stop. Then then everything... What is terminal velocity? Terminal velocity, whereas the acceleration due to gravity trying to speed you up so you fall faster, matches the amount that dragging through the air is slowing you down. Okay. And so they all cancels out and you just keep moving at the same speed. You're not accelerating, mm-hmm. you're not decelerating. Mm-hmm. You probably won't fart that hard. No, <laughs> no, we're not going to gain terminal <laughs> velocity. So now I know the force you've got to put on your fart to get it up to speed. Yeah. I then use the fact that force is mass times acceleration. And we know how heavy the fart is. We know it's mass. Mm-hmm. And we know how fast we accelerated it. Mm-hmm. So I can work out the force that you've put on the gas to get it up to speed Got it. and become a fart. Mm-hmm. And that is because of Newton's laws of physics. Like if you throw something forward, it also pushes you back. Right, yeah. And so we now know if you've got to accelerate, you're pushing a fart one way, it's 
you're going to get pushed the other way. Mm -hmm. So now I got the force that's going to push you in the other direction. Okay. Which is not enough to lift you off the ground. So I ran all the numbers and the unit of forces are called a Newton. The force it takes to get a far up to speed is about two milli newtons. It's not a lot of force. But we know the amount of force that's holding someone down. So what mass should we have for our person? How heavy are they in, in, in kilos? So if I round up, say, like I'm 60. So this, should we do it for I you? I was Beth? less before my holiday, okay, but 60. I've eaten a lot of delicious pastries. 60 kilos, uh-huh. right? The force holding you down on the earth is 294 newtons. Okay. And the force from your fire is only 0.002 newtons. Yeah, so it's making zero difference. No, it's 140-ish thousand times smaller than it needs to be. Okay, okay. So with the gravity, it's got to be 140,000 times less, or you can be able to fart 140,000 times stronger. Okay. To lift yourself off the ground, according to our assumptions in this model. Yeah, I understand. Um, However, could you reread the question for me? What was the wording again? How low would gravity need to be for Uh your farts to lift you off the ground? It occurs to me there's another way to interpret that problem. Because I've gone with like the propulsion from the farts pushing you off the ground. But actually, a fart on average is less dense than air. Mm. So actually, there's a level of buoyancy you'd achieve. Oh, oh, as in um, like... A helium balloon. Yeah. In fact, a lot... But wouldn't you lose it if you fart? Well, a lot, a lot of farts is, is hydrogen. And that's that. That's a good lifting gas. Mm. So if you were wearing like an airtight outfit... Oh, like a, like a space suit. Like a space suit. On ground though. And you fart enough, you could build up enough buoyancy to float. I would say I would say two problems with that. Yep. Surely one is that that gas is already inside you. Oh, that's a good point because the gas is inside you. Yeah. But you're producing it all the time, so you could hold in your farts, and this would still work. Yeah. So that's my that's one issue. My other issue is if yep. you were in a spacesuit, an yep. airtight spacesuit, yep. filling up with farts, would you eventually suffocate? I'm you imagining have, you can't breathe. More of a wetsuit situation. Uh, no, that's when I'm fighting. <laughs> Imagine if you seal off like all the sleeves and the neck and you gradually inflate a wetsuit. So I thought I'd run the numbers on that too. Sure. (laughs) But now, okay, so now I've gone the other way. So before I assumed it was all air. Mm. Now I'm going to assume it's 25% air Mm -hmm. and 75% hydrogen gas, Mm -hmm. which is not but that's the most buoyant, realistically, it's going to be. It's a lot yeah. of hydrogen, but it's other gases. Methane's also very... Not that everyone produces methane, apparently, depending on your gut mm-hmm. microbes, but that's also a very light gas. Yeah. So you're producing a lot of light gases. So I worked out how much lifting force you would get from a fart. Like, if you stayed in this inflating suit for, like, the course of a day, <laughs> how much buoyancy <laughs> would you accumulate? <laughs> And the number of farts per day, again, varies dramatically. I'd It'd be like with, a Zorb ball. Like a Zorb ball, yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get in it with no air to start with, so there's room to expand. Then, you know when you work in a small room all day without the windows open and stuff, and people walk in and they're like, whoa. Yeah, but you're yeah. fine. So you've got to climb yeah. into a Zorb ball. <laughs> 
Now, now you got to bring breathing apparatus. That's why yeah, I think their head has to be outside the ball. Oh, okay. So you can breathe oh, you okay, you didn't and ref- talk to people. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the ball gradually inflates. <laughs> oh, I'm really enjoying this. So I, well, I worked out you're going to get on the order of one and a half liters of hydrogen a day. Mm-hmm. That's like assuming maximum hydrogen production mm-hmm. and 20 farts a day. Okay. <laughs> where, did, where did you get the, this... I looked at a couple of different websites for number of. I'm like, I've got my search history is average of times we fart. Yeah, yeah, and that seems to be that's at the high end of the scale, uh-huh. ten to twenty apparently. Uh-huh. And so, that's not enough hydrogen to lift you off the ground. That's enough to lift one point eight grams off the ground. Okay, and and people weigh more than that. Yeah, what? <laughs> I know. In fact, it would take. So for the 60 kilos we put in, it would take 91.2 years of farting. Wow. To be able to lift yourself off the ground because of the buoyancy. Uh-huh. Which is plausible. <laughs> like, that's, it would be a lifetime endeavor. But, but how low would the gravity need to be? If you've got lower gravity. If you lower the gravity, you would speed that up. Yeah. So, you know what? Let's do a quick, how low would the gravity need to be? That divided by this. That one's better. If you fart for a day and gravity was 33, 34,000 times weaker, Mm. you'd float. That's versus? After a day. After versus 180, versus 140,000. But that's with a singular fart. Yeah. That's for a singular fart. Yeah. If you store them up all day and use the buoyancy instead, mm. only 33,000 times weaker. I've got one more question. <laughs> I don't think this is going to be in your exp- your spreadsheet. Yep. What if, seeing as you're presuming a lot of hydrogen. Yep. It's a good point. Hydrogen's flammable. I have not worked it out. But you can use hydrogen as rocket fuel. Hydrogen is flammable if it's mixed with oxygen. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and there's oxygen in a fart because you've got mm-hmm. air. That might be the limiting reactant. Hmm. But maybe if you could liquefy your farts. Yeah. <laughs> <to use them laughs> Which I can. Up. Look, this is a mature discussion. <laughs> and mix them with liquid oxygen. You could use them as rocket fuel. Yeah. Potentially. That's but this was not the question sent by the listener. for future research. Yeah. As as I mentioned in the intro, we do sometimes go off track. But you know what? To bring us back into on the, the track. Into the station. I want to say a single fart to propel you 140,000 times less gravity. Collecting your farts all day and being buoyant, 33,000 times less gravity. Wow. I hope that answers the question. I'm problem. I'm going to give it a far ding. Hey, that's, that's good work. <laughs> I like it. Uh, I hope that uh, I hope that's enough for James and Annabelle. I think I can take another year off doing fart content now. I feel like that's my quota. Ah, oh, well, I'll just have to take over then, won't <laughs> <Yeah>. I? <laughs> and if any other listeners have kids or are kids and they've yeah. got questions for the show, we are planning on doing a a special kids edition. Yep. Are we calling it the Kiddition? Kiddition episode <laughs> of A Problem Squared. So uh, if you would like that, please send in your problems to the problem posing page, aproblemsquared.com and pop... Mention ki- Kiddition. 
Kiddition or kid edition. edition. Yeah. Yeah. Just so that we know that it's specifically for that. We will also take any links to voice notes oh, yes. or things. If, if, uh, yeah, if your kids want to ask us in a, in a voice note setting. So, yeah. Well done, Matt. Done. done. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, next problem was sent in on the problem posing page at a problemsquared.com by Choclad. Choclad. That's what they typed in. That's what we're going to say. They say they have a predicament involving their pockets in their pants. Huh. According to Choclad, they are on the taller side. And when they sit in a seat that's lower, like a couch or a car seat, and they point out, for any US listeners, they don't mean a children's seat in a car. They mean the actual regular seat in the yeah. car. Apparently, mm-hmm. if you say car seat... People think of like the kids insert seat. They mean just the regular seat. Their issue is their knees end up higher than their hips, which leads to an emptying angle. Great phrase of the front pockets. They keep their phone and their wallet in their front pockets, which means they run into issues with the phone falling out and getting lost in the couch or accidentally leaving it on a seat in a car. They have tried some solutions themselves. They've attempted to fix it by buying pants for our UK listeners, trousers, with zippers on the pockets. That feels like problem solved. Mm-hmm. But Chocolate says um, they feel like there may be a better solution. And Beck, I mean, I have this problem too. So I'm also looking forward to hearing this solution. I thought you might because you're yes. quite tall. I am quite tall. So I imagine that you have the similar, uh, was it an emptying angle? I do have an emptying angle. And I have lost my wallet before. Because of an emptying angle. Actually, it was a pub in Gottoming. Sat oh. in the chair mm. and stuff slides out of them really so easy. easy. So I've had the same issue as well. Even though I don't have the angle of emptying, it's more that I'm a, I'm a wriggle bum. Right. So, so I, I change position a lot. Yeah. And so uh, usually that stuff will work its way out of my pockets that way. The other reason I was uh, drawn to this is because when my phone got stolen, I was wearing a trench coat. And I normally wouldn't keep, I would normally keep my phone on like a a, a pocket that's yeah, closer to my body. Yeah. yeah, but I didn't have any pockets in those clothes, which was why it was oh. in my trench coat pocket, which was a much easier that's pocket an easier, to be Easier picked. lift? Am I using that right? I should, yeah, sure. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. And so that was my issue with that is that not enough pockets. Frustratingly, there was something that I nearly packed, which I'm now going to use a lot more. Yep. Because of this very problem. Yeah, this one's made special. by a charity in uh, Australia oh, where they yeah. train refugees for tailoring. How to make bum bags. How to make bum bags. Well, they, 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 <laughs> oh, they and, give and them sewing skills okay, right, so right, they right, can right. start up businesses. Link in the show notes, everyone. Yeah. That so, you are now the third person I know who has a functional bum bag. Well, it's funny you should mention this because I was thinking, now look, while a, a bum bag or a funny pack, whatever you want to call it, yep. is really useful and that does sort of do the job. Yeah, problem solved. It's not always convenient. No, that's true. Sometimes they're, they're you know, it's it gets in the way if you're sitting down, then you end up with this thing sort of in, yeah, it's a whole scrunched up in thing your stomach. You carry, yeah, yeah, it ends up like all scrunched up on your stomach, and so you can't like sit up properly, and sometimes it's sweaty and sits heavy and stuff. And then I realised we've sort of talked about this before. Oh, because in a previous episode. We toyed around with the idea of a utility belt. 
We did. We did. Which would help lower crime. <laughs> yes, that was the, the And I've recently been the, the victim of a crime. Oh, you have, yes. And if I'd had a utility belt... You wouldn't have had that crime. The crime would potentially... Would have been down by one. Yeah. By one crime. So, I've been looking into things like tool belts and oh, yeah. utility belts. Yeah. There are a lot of options out there where they have essentially... A, it's a pocket on a belt. Pocket so on a belt. Pocket on a belt. What I think you'd want is something that you can slip your hand into easily and yeah. pull out your phone, but someone else would... It, it's not so loose that someone else could easily do that. Uh, for, I think it needs to be both functional and fashionable. It needs to be something yeah. that, that sits nicely without looking too, you know, too It's not in your face. It just kind of blends in. Yeah. So my plan is to design this. But okay. I thought what um, I would do yeah. is talk about it first because yep. there is an off chance that one of our listeners might be sewing inclined and say, <laughs> I've already made something already like exists. this. Or someone might know of a product we it, have this not. Is exactly. Like a utility sash. Yeah. And there's a lot of, now I need to say, as I said, I've done a lot of search. There's a lot of utility belts out there. At fashion, but a lot of them, a lot of them look like they're for fantasy cosplay. <laughs> like almost yeah. all of them look fantasy cosplay or like cowboy cosplay. There, there's yep. a lot of leather. There's a lot of, and they're nice, but they're not. And I don't judge anyone for wearing them, no. but they're not going to go with my sorts of clothing. They're not going to go with every outfit. And has an angle that's not going to empty when you sit down, or at least has something that means it stops the stuff from sliding out. But you want to be able to slip your hand in, take it out again. The other option is you can get phone cases that have shoulder straps now. You see a lot more people with oh. them. So people just wear them Like a very the, small purse. Yeah, like a tiny handbag, but huh. it's just your phone. Wow. Uh, for me, I still feel that that's dangerous because the way that I move, I'm more likely to crack the screen on something. something. Yeah. yeah. But uh, that is also an option is wearing wearing your phone a little bit like a like a handbag. And then that way you can easily pick it up and grab it and look at it at any moment. Yep. If you drop it, that's the added bonus. It's just, it's hanging on you. So it's not going to fall to the floor. You're not going to lose it if you sit down. Maybe if you get something that has a little pocket in it. Maybe there's two options here. Maybe we need an over the shoulder option. Yep. Yeah. And we need a belt option. Belt option. So that's the challenge, isn't it? I realize that I haven't officially solved the problem, but the reason is because I, I thought, yeah, I can design something and I can try and make it or get it made. But on the off chance that I've missed something that someone else is like, yep. actually, actually, especially if anyone's like, I've actually designed a, a product that I'm trying to get off the ground. Yeah. Perfect time, perfect place. So to be continued, I think. I, my solution hmm. is basically partly is multi-tap. Every time I get up or I leave a room, I tap up my pockets. Oh, you check everything. Yeah. 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 Change is hard though. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's why I have to do it every time. It's it's mm. it makes it look like you, you know it's a little ritual you have to go through. Mm. But I found if I just do it every time, and I realize very quickly if I'm about to leave a room and I haven't got my phone because every time I go through a doorway, I tap my phone. Yeah, which is I could arguably be overkill. But no, it would have stopped me potentially. But that's what I that's what I ended up doing. So those are our answers for now. Yep. I mean, look, Chocolad might be happy with that. Chocolate may have never heard of a bum bag or like, a utility what? belt. Yeah. Or Chocolate, if you end up buying one of the many phone holder options online, let us know. Send what us pictures. If, or if any listeners have something, if any listeners have solved this for themselves, just using what's out and about. Someone's like, I glued non-slip 
rubber matting to the back of my phone and that solved all my problems, let us know. Like, <laughs> yeah. that might do it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. That's, a, that's a good shout. Just uh, put a... Yeah. Non-slip case. Yeah. On everything. Everything. All your change. Every surface. Just glue on a little bit of non-slip mat. Yeah. So let us know. Problem posing page. There's a drop down. Click solution. That's aproblemsquared.com. And we'll, we'll provide an update in a future episode. Or a past episode if you're listening backwards. <laughs> <laughs> We are now arriving in station. Any other business? Oh. Please be aware that the front four coaches <laughs> exceed the length of the platform. Oh, my goodness. You will need to move back in order to disembark the train. I don't know. I've seen how much AOB we've got this time. and It's a, it's a long platform. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> yeah. Well, what would you like to kick us off? Okay. Let's do the Twitter poll. Now, this might take some explaining if you missed the Halloween zombie episode. But we put a poll out on Twitter. Yeah, was that 071, I think? And we asked, if a zombie can ride a chicken, does that also mean it can ride a bike? Because I argued, no. Because <laughs> I was like, riding a chicken and riding a bike are very different things. Well, I dare say the internet agrees with you. Yeah, because... <laughs> Because then not everyone's an idiot. <laughs> now, a suspicious number of people were like, yes, vaguely a quarter, 23.3% were on board, 74.6% were not. Oh, and an extra 2.1% had uh, additional additional options they wanted to choose. Yeah. Now, some of the arguments are pretty good. I quite enjoyed Adam J3141 oh. wanted to consider the contrapositive saying if a zombie cannot ride a bike does that mean it cannot ride a chicken and they said if it's plausible a zombie can't ride a bike but it could in theory still ride a chicken Mm. and therefore riding a chicken does not mean you can ride a bike Mm. and the the, a lot of people got very excited about the fact that pedaling is a whole separate skill yep that's what i argued (laughs) This Correct. <laughs> wow. Chickens feel, do not run on pedals. In the interest of data integrity, we did two other polls to make sure we got as many respondents as possible. And the Spotify, the baked in Spotify poll is unnervingly close to the Twitter poll. Like it's also gone 75%-ish, no, 25% correct, which is interesting. However... If you think you're like, well, that that just means we've done two different samples and got the same result. It also went out on Instagram. Now, Instagram is a lot closer. 61% said no and 39% said yes. And there were more votes on Instagram. Huh. So, I mean, I don't want to be Captain Rounding too much, but I feel like 39 to 61 is basically 50-50. So it was 39 for... Oh, 39 for, for yes, they could ride a bike. And 61 for no, they can't ride a bike. No, they can't, yeah. But we got more votes on... More votes there. ...the stories we than could, we did for... We could do a weighted average because we know the number of votes. But in both cases, I mean, yes, in one. all cases, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. one. Yeah. I feel Even like... Even though you're arguing that 39 versus 61 is the 50, same 50. as 50, 50. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like we're focusing very heavily on can... If, if a specific zombie can ride a chicken, can the exact same zombie ride a bicycle? Or is it more... If the concept of zombies are able to ride a chicken, then a different zombie 
can ride a bicycle. Like if all zombies could ride chickens, could they ride a bicycle? Well, if, if there's a zombie out there capable of riding a chicken, that demonstrates that zombies are able to maintain and utilize a complex skill set. Right. Which means they could also, a different zombie. No, I disagree. Oh. I still disagree. <laughs> Because well, a chicken and a bike are different. <laughs> well, no one's arguing. Okay, the, the people have spoken and Beck, you are correct. So <laughs> I would like to humbly concede. Yeah, that's right. I'm correct in the fictional thing. <laughs> in the hypothetical in the very fictional. Important high stakes. Yeah. Thank you. It's a win for democracy. <laughs> uh, we also got a ding from Spina. It's always nice. Yeah, Spina came back to us about the... The nerdy decor. Yeah, that's right. Nerdy decor from episode 069, tiling planes and driving planes. And Spina wanted to know how they could decorate their rented home with mathematical stuff. Nerdier. Thank you for taking that problem. I don't think I'm cool enough to be given signed discoveries by the discoverer, which is a a reference to the... uh, The signed uh, hat tile, I guess. Hat tile, or as I call it, a t-shirt tile. (laughs) They said they guess I have to get more famous. (laughs) In the meantime, they're a big fan of the idea... Just not solve all your problems. Doesn't solve all your problems. No, it creates more, arguably. But they're a big fan of the idea to replace knobs with numbers and or shapes. So pleasantly turns out I have exactly 13 knobs in my kitchen. So each one will be a Catalan solid. There are exactly 13 Catalan solids. Perfect. If you accept the Archimedean counting of shapes. Same glasses are in the deltoidal hexacontahedron isn't as smooth, but it's worth it. Nice. Good shape. I don't know what any of that sentence meant. But it was fun to say. Yep. <laughs> and then they've, they've ended with ding. Ding. Excellent. Yeah. Love a ding. Official ding. Speaking of dings. Yep. We also heard back from Nettle, who posed us the paint set problem in oh, 072, yes. which was the last episode. There is a fast turnaround. Yeah. Uh, they've given me a ding. Yay. Paint ding. Yeah. That, that's the, they've just said we get, they've given there's a ding. <laughs> well, concise. Love it. Perfect. That's what I'm after. Finally, people have noticed that I made a prediction mm-hmm. in episode 051. Yep. And they've come with receipts. They're like, yeah. um, at 20 minutes and 16 seconds <laughs> in. Oh. <laughs> it was stated that the official Problem Squared prediction for hitting 2 million downloads. TM. They've TM. trademarked it. Trademarked it. Possibly we trademarked it. I can't remember. <laughs> Would be the 7th of November or uh, November 7th. Mm-hmm. Yes. 2023. So, <laughs> what is on with that now? Okay. They said signed a human being re-listening to episodes. Yes. In an unknown order because people listen to them in different orders. So, good point. And no, we haven't hit 2 million downloads. We fell, compared to 2 million, 11.7% shy. It took us three years to hit 1 million, yeah. pretty much. And now it's taken us, what, nine months to hit... An, an extra 700? Yeah. So, 000? we don't know. It depends how you want to measure inaccuracy. <laughs> if you compare the date, I was, you know, 12% off. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at the number of downloads on that date, if you're looking at accurate in terms of when we do hit 2 million, still to be determined. We need to find out when the true date is and then we'll know how far off I was in time. Ah, uh, right. I mean... Do you have a new prediction? I do not have a new prediction. <laughs> You're scared now. <laughs> yeah, I'm scared. I'm nervous. Maybe I should just make a prediction and we'll see whether 
my oh, different technique. Natural. Yep. No, I'm just going to guess. Exactly, your natural flair. I think for, that I feel I right, need to I'll listen back to episode zero five one. It might not have made the cut, but I feel like I thought it would be closer to February next oh, year. Oh, would you like to pick mid Feb, fourteenth of? Feb. Oh, Valentine's Day. Let's do it. There you go. Okay. I mean, it's probably going to come in earlier than that now. Between the moment we are recording right now mm-hmm. and the 14th of Feb, 93 days from now, we need to get an extra two and a half thousand downloads a day. Right. That feels plausible. And for a really rough estimate of how many we're doing a day, I'm just going to download total downloads from the year. Divided by number of days we've done so far in the year. Oh, Beck. 2,300. What did you say we need? 2,500. Oh, totally. Oh, totally. Totally doable. Totally doable. (laughs) Everyone can stand down. You don't need to tell anyone to listen. (laughs) If anything, hold off. (laughs) No, don't tell them that. I would say uh, that's my prediction. However... If Good prediction. People, look, you've been proved wrong a lot in this episode. <laughs> well, come on. <laughs> I, I'm reason I'm saying this is yep. because if people are like, oh, poor Matt, he's been proved wrong, and Beck's really killing it right now. <laughs> so, if, which is an accurate assessment. If they want to punish me, which is fair enough, they should share the podcast. Yeah, tell everyone to listen. <laughs> get us there real fast. Yeah. If we can get it before the end of the year. Oh, the, oh no way. There's no way. That would take, maybe, it would take a lot. Be a lovely Valentine's treat. Of course, this podcast wouldn't be existing if it weren't for amazing Patreon supporters. So true. Who we are very appreciative of and ensure that the show can be available to listen for, for everyone. Yeah. So, for um, you listening a, right now. Yes. So we want to say a big thank you to three Patreon supporters chosen at random. And on this episode, those Patreon supporters are... Remo. Remo. Or Remo. Remo. We do try our best to mispronounce everyone. Justin Begley. Justine (laughs) Begley. (laughs) I think he did it the same way, but slower. (laughs) Justin. There you go. Begley. Scoot. Or Scott T. With a spare T. That's it. Scott. Thanks, Scott. Great, Scott. And for our fine Patreon supporters, we are going to send you a Christmas card, which Beck designed on a train before her phone was stolen. (laughs) If you are a supporter by the end of November, you will definitely get a Christmas card. Any supporter at any level, we will be emailing you a card. So you can keep an eye out for that. And if you're at the wizard level or higher, I mean, go nuts. Do we have a higher level? We don't, but you can just type in a number. (laughs) If you typed in a bigger number than a wizard, you massive wizard, we will post you. All wizards get a physical card. Beck and I sign it. Mm -hmm. We post it to where you live. Please don't live in Germany. And (laughs) I think that'll be all right with a card. uh, Let's hope so. (laughs) And uh, that's just to show our appreciation on behalf of us and everyone who listens to the podcast for making it possible. Yeah. As well as our Patreon supporters. I want to thank my co-host, Matt Parker. That's me. Myself? I'm a conductor. You are? Yeah, sure. Why not? In a way. I conduct. Yeah, electricity. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> and so, um, what am I, the ticket inspector? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll do that. You're on tickets. Yeah. Do you know what? I'm the one, you know how there's always someone who does the little announcements? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, the, the, what are the they called? The train terror. guard? That works for me. Anyway, that's me. 
Beckhill. <laughs> and most of all, I want to thank our incredible producer, Lauren Armstrong Carter, who is, I don't know, the one that runs all the trains. Station manager running around. Yeah. Who, who owns the trains now? <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> It's not nationalized. It's a private equity fund. You can tell I really ran it. <laughs> yeah. I didn't really yeah, think yeah, of yeah, how yeah. the analogy would continue. <laughs> the, you, you guys, look, I've given you the ingredients. It's great. Put that put, together. Put it together. I want to thank Lauren Armstrong Carter, our brilliant producer. Okay, back. We're in the office. Mm-hmm. There is a jar of dice. Yes, there is. You previously guessed 600. Ooh. It is fewer than that. Mm-hmm. You also guessed pi 100. It's more than that. How many dice are in that jar? 486. 486. Yeah. Lower. Okay. You're narrowing in. I am. I also just took a guess then. That's a good guess. Yeah. I mean, I should be applying some sort of science, but nah. I, that would involve me getting out of <laughs> my chair. Out, I'm measuring or counting.